week at Hillcrest Country Club, praising the Nova Scotia salmon in the same nasal voice that always grated on Barbara when he looked over her chart and asked the obligatory questions. Date of last period, are they still regular? What are you using for birth control? Exhaustion, she'd answer, hoping to get a laugh, though there was truth in her joke. Her own crazy schedule and Stan's busy legal practice often left them with just enough energy to eat a hastily thrown-together dinner or a meal delivered from the neighborhood Chinese restaurant, read a page or two of the newspaper, and fall asleep. "'Really, Barb,' Howard said, "'at your age, why fool around and have to worry about it?' She certainly didn't want to report to the doctor that the way she'd been feeling lately, she wasn't thinking about what a man whose office was festooned with degrees and awards from Harvard Medical School still referred to as fooling around. Besides, she knew if she got into that discussion, it would lead to Howie using terms like premenopausal. And eventually, he'd ask the question that always sent a jolt of anger through her, which was, why don't you just let me tie your tubes? Tie your tubes. He tossed it off as if he were saying, tie your shoes, as if it were that simple an act, that simple a concept. Not to mention the way the words at your age always sounded as if he meant, why does an old bag like you need any parts that have to do with reproduction? She was only 42, for God's sake. Somewhere, she would laugh to herself in that gray area between fecundity and a facelift. There were plenty of women well into their forties who were still having babies. So what, she thought, if Stan and I started early and our babies are twenty-three and seventeen? I'm not going under a general anesthetic just because Howard Kramer, OBGYN, thinks I'm too old to have to worry about birth control. And each time he'd offered her that option, she'd made some joke like, I'll tell you what, I'll agree to a tubal ligation if you have the plastic surgeon standing by. That way, when you're finished at your end of the table, he can step right up and do my eyes. As long as I'm knocked out anyway, why not? But she knew she was wasting the levity on Howard Kramer, who'd never been famous for his sense of humor. After Howard removed his rubber gloves and made some notes on her chart, he invariably launched into a long story about one of the celebrities he treated. It was appalling to her the way he could go on endlessly about some anchorwoman's cervix or some television star's sterility, leaving in the names and details, while a too polite to stop him Barbara sat on the table, a prisoner of his monologue. Sometimes she'd try rustling the blue paper gown in which she'd been uncomfortably clad for the examination, hoping the sound would bring Howie back from his narcissistic reverie, convey the message that now that her pap had been smeared, she was out of there. But he never noticed. And that was why, she told herself this morning as she sat at her desk enjoying a rare quiet moment in her workday, she was postponing making her appointment this month. "'because being face-to-face with Howie Kramer, "'not to mention face-to-vagina, was never a picnic. "'This morning she looked at the most recent postcard from his office "'sitting on her desk with a coffee ring on it "'because she'd been using it as a coaster for her mug. "'No, she'd be damned if she'd fall into the same trap "'and go to Howie Kramer again. "'This minute she'd call her friend Marcy "'and ask about the female doctor who treated both Marcy and her daughter Pam.' She got as far as putting her hand on the phone, but something stopped her from making the call.
Probably it was the reality that going to a new gynecologist would mean somehow juggling her own time to fit into the doctor's schedule, then sitting in a strange waiting room filling out a clipboard full of forms. So she promised herself she'd worry about the gynecologist's decision later, and she pushed the rewind button on her answering machine. Beep. Barbara, this is Joan Levine. I'm calling to tell you that Ronald is trying to get out of our session with you today because, as usual, he says he has some business he can't put aside, even for his own son. I'd really appreciate it if you'd call him and tell him he has to show up for the sake of Scotty's sanity. This is just another example of how that son of a bitch doesn't give a good goddamn about Scotty. And when we go into court, believe me, I plan to use it. I, of course, will be there at 11, as scheduled. Thank you. Poor little Scotty Levine. His parents were going to keep beating each other over the head with him until he fell apart, Barbara thought, as she made a note to call Joan Levine back and tell her it was okay if her estranged husband didn't come in today. Joan and Barbara could use the time.